This morning's title of the message is Adjudication of the Sentence Against Babylon. And uh, I picked that topic this morning, coming from the 47th chapter of Babylon, that Isaiah, the 47th chapter, it's that Babylon's time has came for it to receive of what it has done unto others. Uh, that word adjudication is a process or examination of a su- sufficient period of a person's life to make an affirmative determination that the person is an acceptable security risk. The adjudication process is the careful weighing of several variables known as the whole person concept. We hear the prophet in the book of Revelations, the angel warning to come out of Babylon, come out of her, unless we take part in her plagues and the judgment against her, because Babylon is the world system from the beginning, if we would have to go into Genesis to find Babylon, and we find it when Satan initiated rebellion against God by Adam and Eve. By Adam and Eve, they uh, wanted to be as God. Satan had preached to them his gospel, and that was a gospel of rebellion, a rejection of God and of God's ways and of what God has said because it says that you would be as gods and like gods. And, and at that point, pride, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life entered into them. Let's listen to chapter 7, where we'll be taking our text from this morning. It says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground, and there is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstone and grind meal. Uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh. Pass over the rivers, thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, they shall be seen, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and will not meet thee as a man. As as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit thou silent and get thee into the darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. I was wroth with my people, I have polluted mine inheritance and given them into thine hand. Thou didst show them no mercy. Upon the ancient thou hast thou very heavily laid thine yoke. And thou sayest, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thine heart. Neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, that thou art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly, that saith in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day the loss of children, widowhood, and they shall come upon thee in their perfection. For the multitude of thy sorcerers and for the great abundance of thy enchantments. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. 
Therefore shall evil come upon thee. Thou shalt not know from whence it arises, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off, and desolation shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorcerers, wherein thou hast labored from thine youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit. If so be, thou mayest prevail. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be as stubble, the fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There they shall not be a coal to warm it, nor that fire to sit before it. Thus shall thy, they be unto thee with whom thou hast labored, even thy merchants from thine youth. They shall wander every one to his quarter, none shall save thee. Herein is a story that the prophet is telling about the destruction of this system, this concept that had shaped man, that had shaped us like when we come from the womb, David said, in iniquity, I was, was shaped. We have been shaped in this world and allowed this world to shape us. But our Redeemer that came to redeem us out of this world had called a people unto himself, and he's still calling us out of the world, out of Babylon, that we would receive of his salvation and that we would walk in him. Throughout the period of time of our lives, there's judgment, uh, there's the world forming itself in you or whatever and, 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 and molding you and shaping you, but... It was for a limited time, and we see that the times of the Gentiles, when we talk about the times of the Gentiles, there was a time for God's people when God was ruling and setting up his people to rule and reign in the world, but then they lost that. They rejected God, and God sent them into captivity in Babylon. Uh, Babylon was... a type or shadow of the world uh, of this prayer and it had all kinds of sorceries uh in other words uh like televisions enchantment the things of the world anything that would draw you are uh, the allurements of the world it was attractive now we would have to go back and i would have to re-summarize a lot of teaching that i've done but we see three aspects of babylon and we see one is her being a woman, Babylon being this woman. And I tell you, this 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 kind of, I need some understanding and wisdom of this, and we ever forever learning of this woman. And I think the woman would be symbolic of that which seduces us, that which we voluntarily go toward the temptress, those things that are alluring and attractive in life, that's why he told Eve, look at that tree. Isn't that tree one that desire to make one wise? One that offers. And, and we come past Christmas here with the Christmas trees and the gifts and the things of Christmas. All of the things of the world and the spirit of Christmas. But once we get attached to that and it starts to work in us, 
this spirit of the woman or the spirit of the age, it, it's intoxicating. And that's why if you read Jeremiah, and Isaiah, and some Ezekiel, we see that it's a, it's a wine. It, it calls it the wine of God's wrath. And it's a goblet that the whole world, all nations drink from. And so everybody has drunken from this wine vat, this cup that God had allowed each nation to drink of, and they're drunken. Babylon deceiveth the whole world. But we see Babylon as a beast. That's a governmental system, something political. We see maybe the dragon, which is a religious aspect of Babylon, and that's what caused it to worship the beast. Mm. But we also see the woman, the mystery harlot of Babylon. And I tell you, watch how we do about this woman because it's not just feminine. We use that word woman or gender, but it means all people. It, it's male, neither male nor female. And it's a city in some instances and everything. So we have to study God's word to know about it. But we see the adjudication here. We see sentence passed upon the woman here where she's brought to shame. She's being judged. She's being humiliated. It says, come down and sit in the dust. And if you sit on the ground, that was a, a sign of humiliation of defeat, of utter shame. That's why when he pronounced judgment upon the serpent, he says, Cursed of thou above every animal, upon thy belly shall thou grow, and you shall eat dust for the rest of thy life. So we can learn of this beast, the woman, and other aspects of God's word through predictive prophecy. Predictive prophecy serves as a signpost where we can see our way out of this wilderness, out of this world. Through God's word, we can see things coming to pass or being established. And it's kind of like Hansel and Greta getting back. It's a little breadcrumbs, line upon line, precept upon precept. So studying God's word and looking under God's word, we get back to God. We have to seek after God, seek after understanding and wisdom to follow him. Because Jesus himself says, leave them in the world. I don't take them out of the world but keep them from the evil that's in the world. So we can't geographically leave out of this world. That, the first thing is the world. He left us in a place that, that's not a, a good place. We see when he created the world that he created it good. But somehow another Melovitz has been introduced in the world and there's a violent factor to the world and this cosmos, this world, our father Adam sold the world. It, it was delivered unto Satan. Adam delivered it unto Satan. So now Satan is the God of this world. This is not God's world. This is Satan's world. And he says, love not the world, nor the things in the world. Is that what First John says? It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, 
but he's of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. So we know the world is passing away. And Jesus had said that the world was condemned and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. We see in Daniel where this stone that wasn't shaped by hands, this, this stone that was cast down in the earth, that it's building a kingdom. Jesus Christ is that stone shaped without hands. In other words, it's a spiritual kingdom being set up in this world. That's why all of us that are able to be born again can pray the Our Father prayer because once we adopt it into the family of God, that's when he teaches teaches us to pray and he tells us pray Our Father. That, That prayer is not for the world. They can't pray Our Father because God is not their father. Jesus had told them you of your father, the devil. As long as you're in the world and, and the things of the world, you of your father, the devil. But we still see that woman dangling out there, that entity. And that's what I was teaching. That we, we have to look at that entity out there. Okay, the, the world, and it's going to pass away so we can't serve God. No man can serve God and mamma. In other words, material, material things or things of the world. We have to have our mind shaped in another view or another way in, a, in, in another aspect of being a, a percept perspective from God's perspective, from his mind. Let that same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now it says that that was attractive and alluring. I told you the woman, and that's one thing about a woman, that that's they call her the seductress or the enchantress. We see temptation. We see the spirit of Jezebel still here in the book of Revelation. It says, you allow Jezebel, the prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants. So we don't see Jezebel as, as that woman back in Kings that was destroyed in Chronicles that Jehu killed. We see Jezebel as a spirit. And, in the, you know, one, one woman would name her daughter Jezebel. That name Jezebel is a stigma. It sticks out. And we see Jezebel must have been a very attractive woman and alluring woman. And when Jehu got ready to destroy, he said, who's on the Lord's side? Go up and destroy. We see it was eunuchs. You know what a eunuch is? It was the eunuchs that cast Jezebel out because Jezebel had started to paint her face and dress up and everything. You know, and that's what I say is attractive and alluring. That which is attractive and alluring is only a facade. You know, anybody can dress up and look tempting or whatever. But like I said, sin is tempting. It is tempting and it has to be overcome, though. Second Peter 1 through 4 says, Whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In other words, through being born again through the word of God. You remember I told you that predictive prophecy through God's word and the promise he says he'll send the promise of the Father upon us and he's told us about this spirit and he had promised the Holy Spirit to, to our sons and daughters He had promised it to those that would turn away from the world. In other words, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ 
He said, you re will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's told them to go back and tarry at Galilee till you be endued with power on high. So it takes of God's spirit to overcome the corruption of the lust of this world. Without that, we still wrestle to our own destruction. Yes. That's where the woman, I think that's where the woman lies. That's where man lies out there in his own righteousness. And I think about a lot of my relatives and things and the people I know and the people in my circles and things that you really love and everything. And they think, you know, they're good people and everything, but good doesn't get it. Good doesn't cut it unless you're born again, unless you're a member of the church. You can't be saved. That, that That's the only way. You must need to be born again. You need to be in a church. That's why we keep calling and preaching the word of God and teaching the word of God. Yes. We has that unless they was on Noah's ark, they wasn't going to be saved. The church is a type and shadow of the ark or whatever. So the world brings about the second point, shame. This woman was shamed. She was humiliated. Because the world is what shaped her, and the world shapes us, and a lot of people that we allow to shape us, whether it be a spouse, a parent, friends, or whatever, you have to give account for the deeds done in your body. There's a time of sowing and reaping, yes. and once we become start to be born, once we are born again, that conversion factor hits us and we are convicted. That's when we look to God's word because now we know we're accountable for what we say or do and that we're accountable for what we tell other people or whatever. We're no longer naked. And that's what it says here. Come down and sit in the dust. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. Nakedness is a sign of what you are, the bareness of who you truly, truly are. You remember Adam and Eve when they ate of the tree, then they realized that they were naked. Nakedness is consciousness of this world. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and fig leaves. That would we attempt to cover ourselves with are fig leaves. It, it won't do. It's not a proper covering. That's why God provided his son as a covering. He was the sacrificial lamb that died for us. It's his righteousness. He imputes his righteousness unto us. We are clothed with his righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. There are a lot of people, and a lot of people say, oh, he, he's talking about that preacher that says Acts 2.38, be baptized. Well, I see why some preachers ride some hobby horses or whatever. Well, I, I may ride as a hybrid horse that said, there are a lot of people out there, and I'm telling you, good ain't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. You look at the holidays and you look at the times, the people volunteering and doing all kinds of good works, but it says, hadn't we fed the needy? Mm -hmm. Hadn't we cast out devils? Hadn't we done all these things in our and you know, He didn't deny that they had did those good works or those deeds, but he says, I never knew you. They wasn't in a church. They didn't have fellowship with him in helping your good parents is good. Honoring your parents is good. But are you in the Lord? Feeding the needy and going to church, all these things are good. But are you in the Lord? Be because going to church is a good thing. 
but are you born again because the Laodicean, that, Revel- that church in Revelation, that church that was rich and had no need of anything, you know, they didn't even need God. God was knocking at the door. He said he was knocking at the heart's door. He says, if any man hear me knocking, open up the door. And I'll come in and dine and sup with it. Because what was the lay of the sins? They was rich and they thought they had need of nothing. It says, be watchful and strengthen thou things which remain uh, and be ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard these things. Where am I at him? Reading across that. It says, Because thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thought are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That word naked is again. And this is a church, he says, You poor, wretched, naked, miserable soul. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou might be clothed that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear. They were naked. And he says, so that shame, here they were at church and they were naked. We hear him talking to his rebellious children in the book of Isaiah, the 30th chapter. He says, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that they walk to go down in Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in Pharaoh. In other words, the action of the world, the action of people that are already in sin or whatever, but you're not in the church praying to God and asking God to lead you out of this world. The lead us not into no temptation. When you pray, if you're a child of God, you pray that thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Well, you can't do his will if you don't know his will and you following doctrines of devils. And that's what Jezebel was doing. She was introducing doctrines of devils. She was teaching his servants to commit fornication. It was sexual immorality. In other words, this is the spirit of Antichrist. Not quite Antichrist, though, because we see the self-sufficiency of this woman. She said a queen. She, she'll never have know the loss of children. She'll never uh, be uh, cast down or whatever. She said a queen. It was like Satan promising to Eve that she would be as gods and be wise as gods. And this woman knew everything. But God's going to expose it pull off her clothes and say, you want to show your legs and things. You want to show how shapely and come you is. I'm, I'm going to take off your clothes and strip you and your nakedness could be shown. Yes. To be naked, it is a bad condition. That's what Adam and Eve said when they hit. He said, I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you was naked? You know, my wife Seen some of my nakedness the other day. I was at Sister Ares' funeral and I was preaching or whatever. I've been telling her all my life that I wasn't comfortable in front of people teaching and preaching to people or whatever, even though that's been a desire or want of where I've been 
years and years. Even when I was little, my mother had a lot of records and sermons and things that I would be in the dark there practicing preaching from away at Holiday and a lot of the preachers or whatever. I came to the car or whatever, and we was getting ready to, for the funeral procession for Sister Harris or whatever. And, you know, remember you said that, well, you started off kind of shaky, Pastor, but you stretching up or whatever. And my wife says, you know, I can see what, what you were meaning or what you said about being shamed before people or not. After 40 some years, she's seen, she, I've been telling her all alone, and she always would say, oh, you know, people think that that's the role I want or whatever, but I'm very shame or uncomfortable in front of people, and I need God to help me to stay. And that's why a lot of times I don't get that courage till I start speaking and get way into the message or something, till the Spirit come along. And that's why I hear a lot of preachers say, help me preach this message. Help me, Holy Ghost. See, Peter and them, Peter was a very scary person or whatever at times. He would pop off and say a lot of things, but the people noticed the difference in Peter a before and after shot because they says they took note of Peter. He says that this man had been with Jesus because of the boldness and authority in which he preached God's word. See, some people don't see the real you. Until years or a long time later, you see what this person really are. Uh, the book the emperor has on no clothes. Sometimes people cover themselves and they they do things. Alcohol is a mockery, it says. You know, sometimes people get false courage from a bottle. The the wine, it's in, it inhibits them and it causes what's in them to come out. The wine produces their nakedness, and that's why it says that you've drunk the wine of the wrath of the of the fornication. In other words, this false doctrine is coming out. Who you are really are is coming out. Sometimes people slither their way into church as wolves in sheep's clothing, but after a while, who they really are starts to come to the forefront. That woman or that man we was watching a show the other night and what this person really are start coming out, who this individual really was, that nakedness had started to show. Sometimes some men leave their wives or the wives leave the husband for another man or another woman because all along they thought they sort of make for a covering for society and for the world or whatever, but in their heart they had love of another man or another woman. And this is that a lot of the children, I, I've seen movies and shows or whatever, and they say, well, after all this time, dad didn't marry another man, or dad's with another man, or this woman is with another man, because they wasn't comfortable living that clothed life. They had put the world on. It was a facade for the world to see. Yes. And who they really are started to come out. Sometimes a preacher or person don't come out till later in years. They start manifesting that real being. And sometimes the wine, that intoxication of Babylon, and they say he got hell in him. No, it's just the wine, that, that spirit that he imbibed of. Now nah, he didn't jump on his wife. With, he, something gave him the courage to do this, and the wine had did this thing. It was inhibited. That finally came out. And that's why he says, be drunk with the spirit. 
Let the Spirit empower you and give you that boldness to be who you are and what you are. Christ had put it in there. He told Timothy that that, that has to be come out. He hadn't given him a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. And we know this was on in you by the laying on of hands, Timothy. We know that God had, was in you. And it's a lot of us that the world, we're trying to please man. We're trying to please the world. But when you get away from trying to please man, when you start showing who you really are and what you really are, that you're comfortable in your own skin, that now you're in your environment. Yes, Lord. You're in your environment. You really can do this. That's why I always tell my children, don't, don't, don't follow money. Money will get you in problem. That's why I said the Bible tells you, beware of quick riches. Mm-hmm. I told my son, Look, go to the job that you love doing something that you want to do, that God had put it in you to do. Always tell a story of my wife, Dennis, that for the please his parents or whatever, he became a dentist. But it really wasn't in him. He was like a fish out of the water. Singing and music was really in him. And he didn't even do his dental practice. He wasn't there very much. He would miss days and things at a time because what he really was was a musician. And all of my children, I tell them, follow what God had given you to do. I got a nephew, he's really a, just as nice and always asking this, but he get on my nerves. He oozes with the goodness of this world, and that's a weakness in God's eyesight. Mm. There's none good but God, but you're trying to be good, and you don't go to church. You don't know God. How can you be good, or how can you love, and you don't know God? That's a weakness because the world can see your nakedness. Satan can see your nakedness. He can experience that fear because unless he sees you had been with Jesus, he knows he can defeat you because Jesus is the only one that can bring that woman low that can bear all. So he says, Satan will be cast down low. Verses 1 through 2, he says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground in abject humiliation. There's no throne for you, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you will no longer be called tender and delicate. Take millstones, which was woman's work to grind meal and to do all those things, as a slave, as slave labor. You remember with Goma, he bought Goma from the slave market. It says, and grind meal. That's what they had Samson doing, grinding meal and working and toil because why he had rebelled and rejected against God, God's words and things of God's word. And when we worship idols, when we put women and money and material in the world before God, it blinds us. If you serve idols, you'll come to blindness and desolation and darkness. Only God can bring us into the marvelous light and give us joy and peace and a happiness that the world can give us. You can be rich, but you, 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 happiness can flee away from you. you. You won't be happy. You can be married and have a home, house, but you won't have a home. It it's won't be fulfilling. What is fulfilling you? That in the world we see the world goes from task to task. They multitask and define things that enjoy them. But you know, like I like to take one thing at a time and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't like juggling several different things. I like to concentrate on where I'm at or what I'm doing. Yes, We're not doing that. 
as the bowls of vials is poured out. This is God's justice being poured out, and he's stripping the woman. He says, he's going to strip a bear. <clears throat> We're being stripped. All of us are facing this judgment, this time of coming judgment, and he's pouring these vials out. He's pouring out this wrath upon the earth. He tells us to come out of Babylon so we won't be partakers of this. But those of us that are still hanging on, we're trying to save those that God's killing. We're trying to to do things that God hadn't told us to do. That's our heart that's doing that. It's bad to lead with your heart. When people say, follow your heart, that's some bad advice. That's some pretty bad advice. Jeremiah said, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know the heart? Who can know what you, you know, and that's when couples split. That's when friends part is when you start operating from your heart and you start seeing something for what it is. Now you think you can overcome that and Satan, he got away from God. God had put him here to lead. He was the light bringer. He was supposed to bring light with the name Lucifer, the morning star. But he says, I will ascend to heaven. He'll sit on the throne of God. Notice that he said, you're going to be cast down to the ground. You, you know, that's what happens in a marriage because the woman going into the marriage is at a disadvantage because the world teaches an equalization of male and female. God hadn't given him that rose. He had put her in a submissive role. He says, he shall bear rule over you. The husband shall. He says, but your desire shall be unto your husband. So she has to fight that femininity in her. Feminism is what's ruining the world. The Me Too movements and all of those things. Because they take vengeance in this life. And God says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. And that's something when you start seeing God paying people back for what they've done unto you. You let God pay them back. You, you're talking about a payment. You just start taking it up on the cheek. You know, when a man sees his wife submissive under God, he would rather her fight than going on with him because if she's doing that, he knows she's out of God. How this thing we and he might be wrong, but it's just like her. Uh, you know, a woman to sink the ship, bring both of y'all down. Yes. See, because don't not, neither one of y'all have God. But if you get where God had placed you, as Jeremiah said, the ankle bone fits into the toe bone and this bone. There's a place where you rightly fit in the word of God. Why well, you shouldn't provoke your children because if you provoke them to anger or something, you could cause the wrath of God to fall upon them because they could be fighting against God's word because they're not honoring their parents. So we shouldn't provoke them or put them in that place. So that's why we have to study being submitted one to another. So if that woman is taking control and trying to be equal to that man and doing what that's a place God hadn't placed her in. And so that marriage is disjointed. That's why I said that woman, we're still studying her. And we're studying the man because in a way he's a woman because he's married to Christ, isn't he? Isn't Christ his head? So if he's not following those rules because he said be submissive one to another, he sometimes he has to listen at what his wife is saying or whatever. It doesn't make him a sissy, a woman's man, a, a mama's boy or whatever. You, you have to f- obey a rule and authority. Yes. 
Just keep listening to this, though. It says, then another angel followed him through the sky, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she seduced the nations of the world and made them share the wine of her intense impurity in sin. Adam was going about his business, but the woman that was with him gave to him of the fruit, and he ate of it. He wasn't, that wasn't so in the beginning that he could divorce his wife. God didn't have that set up that way. You remember he, Jesus told him it wasn't so in the beginning. But can you imagine the friction that had came there? She caused him to lose all that it was. Mm, All of the control and authority. Mm. That which he lusted after. That he allowed his wife to do it. Because he wasn't deceived. He was in transgression. The woman was deceived. She was fooled. So we see Eve was deceiving. God had promised her a redeemer. Mm, But she had to be submissive as, as Sarah was. You remember Sarah, and he says the same shamefacedness and sobriety. Look at the things that Peter talks about what a true woman has. Because when we're talking about the Chaldeans, we know that that's the original basking of where the father of all nations came from, Abraham. Go back and read. His, he was a moon worshiper and star worshiper. He was from Ur of the Chaldeans. That was his original place. That's where God called him from. From Ur of the Chaldeans. If we go back, we'll see in Ur in the, the Chaldeans, the Babylons, that's where Nimrod began at. That's where the Tower of Babylon, a Babel started at. Oh, yes. You know, we have to focus, we have to be in Genesis before we can understand Babylon is fallen in Revelation. We have to see what happened to Babylon because when Isaiah was saying this, Babylon wasn't even a powerful nation at that time. But Babylon rose to the position of the most powerful nation of the world. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, was a king of kings, a type of Christ. But Babylon was given the sorcery. Babylon, it says, the great city of Babylon split into three sections and cities around the world and fell in heaps of rubble. So all of Babylon's sins were remembered in God's thoughts and she was punished to the last drop of anger in the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Yes. That cup contained that that he drunk of. But the adjudication of this process hadn't come about. The sentence was there. It hadn't been bad, but it hadn't been carried out. That was a time frame before this. And now this, this is fulfilled that Babylon is fallen. And we noticed that it was a process, but it says it happened in a day, at an hour. In other words, a short period of time quickly it came about. So even though it hadn't even came, Babylon wasn't even a city when Jeremiah said this, it was fallen because of God's predictive word of prophecy. We know what God says is going to come to pass. He's eternal. So we're just acting out what's going to come up be, but because all this is final, it's done, it's ready. If God had said it, it shall come to pass. We just have to act this out. Yes. We just have yes. to act it out. So 
Babylon is falling. Huh? Starting to lose time here. It says the fierceness of their wrath, of Babel, of its wrath. They were excessively cruel, and there are a lot of people in the world that's cruel. They're, they're, how, how can you say it? The other father, the devil, they carry out cruelty of themselves like the Assyrians was excessively cruel, unhumanly cruel, and they did it of their own violation when they attacked God's people Israel, whereas Nebuchadnezzar was a fierce king, but he wasn't of the cruelty as the Syrian king, but he was a fierce king in the sake of that. He did issue some horrible punishments, but he was king of kings. There was something in him that he could be used as a type of Christ, the king of kings. Nebuchadnezzar wrote the fourth chapter of Daniel. But we see Cyrus, a type of Christ also, and he was a righteous king. We've seen righteousness in him. We've seen in Josiah righteousness or whatever. So it's different people put, put the rule, and it's different people that have children uh, in position. So you have that same accountability as all of them had. We have to look at the examples they was, but in our lives, we're living those same things. God's going to hold us to the same accountability for what we've done, just as he held the whole Hitler to the accountability as he's done, each and every person. So we can't sit back and judge someone else. We have to see. The verse, the verse 6, what I'm trying to get to, it says, I was angry with my people. I profaned Judah, my inheritance, and I gave them into your hand. That is Babylon. He made them go into captivity in Babylon, but Babylon was harsh to them. Babylon was oppressive to the old people. We pray for a husband or pray for a wife. How do you treat that husband and that wife after you get her? All of that life up into her death or your death, you're going to have to give account. Have you dealt treacherously with that wife or husband or those children? People pray for children. They pray for cause. Anything in our lives, we're going to have to give account for the deeds done in our body. And there's a time of judgment. So we're not just living haphazardly in the world. That's why I say when you become woke, when God starts to bring you to consciousness, that's when you start talking and treating people differently because God could see the conniving in your mind. He knows what motivates you. He knows why you want money. He knows why you want a wife. Is it for sex or is it for companionship? Do you want someone to rule over, to boss around? You want someone to abuse? Why do you want a family? Why do you want children? Why do you want a job? Why? Why? What purpose does this need for? You're naked before God and God sees this. And now he's starting to show it to other people. Some people see about you, about the family, say he shouldn't have ever had a family. He shouldn't have ever did this because your nakedness. Do you know? The, through the weekend, there was a woman that this guy was sitting out, this lady was sitting outside the store. The homeless be outside the store sometimes because the guy give them food or do different things. And she give them food and things sometimes. But that morning she was in a, a temperamental mood or something. And she came out and threw water on this woman. 
It was on the news and on different places that guy couldn't help but do anything but fire when the, everybody had seen it. That was her nakedness being shown. But do you know, like I said, the world and the attitudes and disposition, do you know she was the one who posted the video to Facebook that got her fired? She was the one who posted it. It wasn't someone else who had posted it. But see, that begins to show. So what's done in the darks will come to the light. So when you start realizing all the backbiting and gossiping and tail-bearing all those hidden things you've done is going to be brought out. That's the humiliation and shame. That's why we start laying aside these deeds and these things because every lie, every idle word that's spoken. What happens when you start to find out just what a good bookkeeper God is? That he's going to go back and search the books. Darius, the king during the time Mordecai was there. And the, the king, I forgot the king, I think it was Darius. But the king was searching the record books because he couldn't sleep that night. Haman was trying to, to, to destroy Mordecai and kill Mordecai. And he had developed a plan to do it. But that night the king couldn't sleep and he was searching the books and he looked in the books of a good deed that Mordecai had exposed people attempting to kill the king, and the king decided to honor Mordecai for saving his life. When Haman came in, Haman was so hung up in, on himself and everything, thinking the world revolved around him, and the king says, what shall I do for the man that I honored, the man that have done all these things? And Mordecai said, well, what you should do is let him set ride on your horse and give all this tribute to him and everybody worshiping or whatever and because he thought the king was talking about him but the king said it was good I'll do that he says take it and do it for Mordecai this, this was his enemy placed in a position of doing all these things because why he was trying to build himself up in what a man soweth he shall reap now you have to lead your enemy around and show him all of these things. See, the heart is fully wicked. We desire and want things. That husband or that woman that you cheated on with your wife to get or whatever, and when you marry her or get her, she's not going to trust you or he's not going to trust you because as they say on the thing I was watching on TV the other night, if he cheated on you for her, He's going to cheat on her with you, with somebody else. So y'all not going to really ever trust one another. You're not going to be secure in one another. That's not going to happen. So beware of the hidden things of what we ask for, what we're carrying around. So that which you lust for, after you receive these things, it's alluring and attractive. I don't know how David's daughter was dressing. You know, a woman dressed, and they, they call it the seductress or temptress, yeah. but it was something about David's daughter that was very tempting to Ammon. And then he had to have her. He lusted after, and he wanted her. But after he had her, he devised a scheme to get her. It says, and he 
after he devised the scheme and he had her and had a relationship with her, Second Samuel 13, it says, then suddenly his love turned to hate and now he hated her more than he had loved her. He told, her, told his people to get her out of here and he snarled at her. No, no, she cried to reject me. Now it's a greater crime than the other crime did to me. But he wouldn't listen to her and he shouted for his valet, his people to get her out of there and he hated her worse than what he loved her. Beware what we want. The money and thing. A lot of people that had won the lottery, that have won the lottery in their wives, and even them says, that's the worst thing that could have happened to me. My life changed so drastically when I got wealthy. They, they, they look back. That was the worst thing. Beware of what we're asking for the law of retribution because God's going to be against you because you held accountable for what you do with that money. Whatever you got, those children or whatever you got, and then what happens when God celebrates against you for doing these things? Babylon, he told his people to go into Babylon and to be obedient, to pray for Babylon. But the way Babylon mistreated them, look what God writes in Scripture. The book of Psalms, this is a psalm, and, and when God has this in Scripture. Psalm says, Babylon, you evil beast, you shall be destroyed. It's about the 37, uh, Psalm 137, verse 8 through 9. You evil beast, you shall be destroyed. Blessed is the man who destroys you as you have destroyed us. Blesses the man who takes your babies and smashes them against rocks. Now, this is a blessing that God's prophet is pronouncing on the enemies that God says of the people that mistreated God's people. That's why it says it's better that a millstone be tied around your neck and cast into the sea than to hurt one of these little of mine. You better watch how you treating people. You better watch what you're saying and what you're doing. That may be a child of God. Amen. Is that what Gamilia told the people that were fighting against apostles? He said, say, beware of what you say or do against these men. Because you may happily find yourself fighting against the living God. Amen. We better be careful of what we say about our leaders and the people around us. And then through the goodness of your heart, oh, poor thing, I feel sorry for him. Jesus didn't look at it that way. When he was walking to the cross, when he was lugging that heavy cross, and he, the following was so large of the crowd, including women who were mourning and wailing for him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Because Jerusalem will be destroyed, and they will kill you mercifully. Hitler's coming. Hitler's coming, and they talk about the Holocaust and everything. God sends those things. Preachers don't tell you, but God sends the evil man to do his work. Yes. God sends the destroyer. Blessed are the barren and the wounds that have not given birth, and the breasts that have never nourished. Then they will begin to say to mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things with the tree is green. In other words, if they do it to me, what will happen when it is dry? You don't realize what's in a person 
till it comes up, it's on them. Yes. They will eat, they, they'll eat their own children. Now listen to that revelation. Now, that's why I say I'm worried about this woman. Because she's the harlot of the whore, the mysterious whore of Babylon. And it says in the ten horns which you saw, that is the Antichrist, this religious system, the beast. These will make the prostitute, the harlot, the woman, and will make her desolate and naked and strip her of her power and influence and will eat her flesh. In the book of the 17th chapter, the chapter begins, the woman rides the beast, this influence that's on the beast, this woman this, that's humiliated ends up the beast, this political system and religious system, destroys her and eats the flesh. That's why I say, you remember, we were studying and we've been studying about this woman, and I told you, it's those that are voluntarily in the system. You hear idiots running around, oh, I ain't going to take the mark of the beast, I won't take the mark of the beast, you're going to die. That don't mean you're on God's side just because you don't take the mark of the beast. It means you more religious or more idiotic than anybody else because you're not on God's side. You don't have to say that. You're on the woman's side not taking the mark of the beast. See, because God's people are the ones that's under the threshold. How long, Lord, when you avenge us upon this earth? You see, when I'm looking in this corner, when it's hard losing children, it's hard to losing, and, and that's what a pastor feels when he loses members. Those are his children. Paul looked at Timothy and Titus as his children in the flesh. Why do God move members? Why did God move her? Because of the things coming up on the earth. Why he, why he translated Enoch? Are we going to be able to stand? Just because you don't take the mark of the beast doesn't mean you're on God's side. Yeah. It just means that you hadn't found a side yet, baby. Because God's people, what did God say in Ezekiel? He says, seal those that are the children of God in the forehead. So God's children will have his characteristics, so they're not stressing about this, right? right. So there are, will be some out there unmarked, but they're not going to be on God's side because they think they understand revelation. They think at the last minute that they could decide who they're going to follow. They hadn't studied and showed themselves approved. Because for all the nations have drunk the fatal wine of her intense immorality. The rulers of the earth have enjoyed themselves with her, and businessmen throughout the world have grown rich from her luxurious living. So this group of people, these heathen are looking at the woman because they've enjoyed the woman, but these merchants and things, that's part of the world, isn't it? These businessmen that's looking at this woman. Babylon the Great is clearly the economic nerve center of the world trade and not religion. See, that, that's the problem. We're looking at religion and religion isn't the problem. It's the world, it's the problem. Yes. The world is not necessarily false religion because the heathen, some of those will be saved. Notice first the kings of the earth bewail her destruction and then the businessmen follow suit. Yes. So what happened, don't, how many of us are looking at the war in Ukraine 
in uh, bewailing the destruction that being wrought over there in Ukraine. Remember I told you in the book of Ezekiel where it says, we mourn and wail for what's being done in the earth? How many of us know about the flood that's coming in California uh, of the people that's trapped in Buffalo? See, people don't see prophecy coming true here where we stand back and we stand back from a distance in bewailing the destruction of the woman. See, because these people that's dying in these places and going on, yes. not that they're religious and being saved, some are and some aren't. Yes. But aren't we bewailing what's going on in the world and what's happening in the world? But that's God's people and other people because it's a natural tendency of human nature, but we're not in the world. So some of us mourn differently than others mourn, but only God can see the true mourners. God knows those that he is. So it says, and they will throw dust on their heads in their sorrow and say, alas, alas, for that great city. She made us all rich from her great wealth, and now a single hour she is gone. And they stand afar off looking at her destruction. So this woman is taken away. This mysterious, this mysterious woman for harlot Babylon is destroyed. But what's left in the other two beasts, right? Right. That's a political world system, and it's a religious world system. The Antichrist. Because it's the Antichrist of the false prophet make people worship the beast. So this woman is destroyed before false religion makes you take the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is worldliness. It's characteristics of the world. Because we see where false religion, that's a whole other ball game because Satan's ministers are transformed into angels of light. Yes, That's why Jesus said he was going to fight against the church. Mm. Right? Five churches it says repent quickly unless I come and fight against you. So we have to not be this woman, but we have to see that these other two entities are very destructive also. So this this is not one of those chapters. We don't see God's people here. It's just that God's people are the redeemed and God carrying out this judgment because of his people. And we have to break these things down sometime to see what's going on in the world so we'll be excluded from it, but we'll go out and preach God's word and tell and try to bring in everybody into the church. Whether they saved or unsaved, it's like this dragnet that Peter and the fisherman cast and he drug it to the sea and then God chose that which was good and bad. Yes. It's the old saying, let the wheat and tear grow together. Mm -hmm. He'll separate them. Everybody in the church is not saved. But we should hate the world in the things of the world. It says, love not the world of the things of the world. So we have to understand this woman. 
We have to pray to God. And that's why we seek God and look to God here. And and go wait. How many times do you go away from church and say, I don't know what the preacher was trying to tell me here. That's what, why the Bereans was go away and search and see what was so in the Bible. Because that causes you to spend more time in God's word. Causes you to pray to God more. But if you're sitting in here wondering, you know, what game on today? What's going on? I need to hurry up and get get on to watch the game today. Uh, I'm stuck at this level here and I need to get back to the, what it is, Xbox or whatever they have now, the games they have now. If your mind is something somewhere else, you're not doing that one thing. Concentrating on God and closing the world out. He must increase and we must decrease. We're coming to a time, this time, this fight against powers and principalities where you will have to study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's why a lot of people, when you don't embrace them and they say, I'm a Christian or whatever, that make me kind of watch out for you. Candace Cameron, and she's right in some of the things she says or whatever, but a lot of people stand back from her and her brother Kurt Cameron because sometimes religious could be pharisaical. And she's in this thing with a Christian channel, some other channel in the Hallmark channel or whatever, and a lot of people coming out because of the stance she took which is the correct stance about traditional marriage and what it should be. But it's more or less like the Touch by the Angel series or whatever. you saying this for religious propagation. You see, right now, a lot of the people don't know what political aspect to fight because they don't have Roe versus Wade to fight against anymore, that aspect. That that's didn't fail when that moved. Now why would you join together in, with unbelievers? And that's what happened when you go fighting demons. Heavenly Father, as we come.